right now, I think we are kind of moving towards disintegration. How have you enabled your infrastructure? Fundamental change over the last five years and partnering with the business is critical. The tools exist on the cloud, change at the rate necessary, secure by design. Network Disrupted. Hey, it's Andrew, and welcome to Network Disrupted, where IT leaders talk about navigating the disruption in our industry. In this episode, we talk about a leading retailer's journey to adopting SD-WAN before it gained the market traction we see today. My guest today is Andrew Aswathi, Director of Infrastructure and Engineering at a publicly traded leading retailer based in California, whose legal team won't really let me say their name. Here's a hint. They sell very nice furniture. Anshu's company was an early adopter of SD-WAN before its value was well-defined, so we talked about how and why they did that. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. You can tweet me at Network Disrupted, leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or email me at andrew at networkdisrupted.com. So, Andrew, um, as we were talking, it, it, you, you've gone through a bit of a journey um, over the last couple of years in terms of changing the basic WAN architecture. And I know, I believe a lot of that was driven by some of the changing requirements at retail stores. Maybe we could start by just give me like a little bit of a synopsis of what's actually changing. Um, well, I think first of all, um, the the requirement at the stores is changing, right? Um, uh, in terms of driving the business, uh, I mean, the uh, and the reliability aspect is changing. Here, it used to be um, that okay, if uh, if the online connection is up we can do this work, but if it is offline, then I guess all the stores have certain measures to uh, even work offline. But uh, right now, first of all, um, being online is a necessity. I mean, it's not the luxury anymore. If you are offline, you cannot transact at all. The second aspect is um, the requirement of bandwidth. Earlier, it used to be Mm, uh, that okay I have some sort of connection that's okay but right now I need the um, whatever largest bandwidth is available because uh, I'm gonna download some rich media content uh, for the same transaction I have to uh, interact with um, different entities all of them um, located across different regions maybe continent uh, so I'm not going to a single destination anymore. I'm going to multiple destinations to do the same transaction. Right, and and I would imagine your your traditional WAN or 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 what what you've moved off of was sort of focused on backhaul to data center as opposed to direct internet access. Exactly right. So uh, I mean, I think um, there was an era when uh, everything was um, focused on integration you integrate everything because that's in one site you have your infrastructure where you can have your security your compute and storage um and uh, and you think that uh, you can control the access in a certain way um so that kind of worked well in that scenario um uh, and as i said at that time there was not a huge requirement of the bandwidth or the performance Everybody was just happy that, you know, uh, it's online, right, uh, with the internet boom. But I think slowly, as we intend to rely more and more on that, um, then I guess the, the performance came in a big way. Hey, I want to go online, but I but 
feed is a concern for me, right? And uh, I want to download more and more content and customers here with me. I want to do it faster. Um, so the whole idea of backhauling um, is it kind of slowly fading away. Um, and especially um, the, uh, the industry movement towards the cloud uh, made it uh, made it almost impossible uh, to uh, to to drive on that uh, backhauled uh, hub and spoke architecture and uh, and and right now I think we are kind of moving towards disintegration. The more disintegrated you are, uh, then you can say that I don't have any single point of failures. Um, I have uh, multiple um, hops to go out. I have multiple hops to come in. If I have an outage on one side, the other side are completely uh, operating. They are independent. So I think disintegration is the key right now. Right. And with, with, with disintegration and, you know, I, I think the other side of that, which, which is what vendors have been out there trying to solve for, is if I have the more complicated the configuration is at any branch or any retail store, for instance, then the more expertise I need or the more management needs to go into ensuring that those, those branches are connected. And I think, I think part of what your transformation was, was also to go to um, SD-WAN type uh, deployment architecture so that you could have ease of deployment and ease of management, which wouldn't have existed years ago. Is, is that correct? That, that is absolutely right. I think you are, you are right on that topic. One advantage of uh, the integration was that, okay, you are focused on one side and you are kind of hiring the team members uh, who are focused on one side in one location. They have just one problem to solve. And uh, now you are disintegrated. How are you going to um, solve the network of one side versus hundred sites, right? How are you going to control the configuration management, the security policies, um, maybe DNS um, and DSCP policies. The more disintegrated you are, there are chances that um, you have one sort of uh, management uh, control on a few sites, another sort of management on the other side. So. I think it, it opens up door, a sort of door for a whole lot of more complexities. So the idea of um, going towards SD-WAN or going towards controlled access is, I think, the templatization, right? Um, I think that, that kind of started with, I say, is, um, uh, leading, uh, leading technologies were controlling wireless infrastructure. You don't have to have a wireless controller inside your network. It can be on the cloud uh, and you can templatize it. So I think that's where it gets started. And I think that's when people started getting the idea of or you can basically control your network even from the cloud, I think. And uh, that's when um, I think the, the start of the development of uh, controlling your network from outside your network, that idea got started. and. You can templatize it, saying that um, you just need one connection. You connect to a controller, which is located outside. It downloads the configuration. So no matter you have 10 sites, 20 sites, it's going to have the same configuration. And you can make a change by just one click because the controller will push the change and uh, all the sites will have the same policies, same configuration. And uh, you can have the similar control. You can feel that I just make one change, uh, but it uh, it kind of uh, started a, uh, a chain and um, 
all 40 sites had adopted the change. Yeah, no, for sure. Personally, I've seen it and, and had many, many discussions on more and more adoption, especially in places that are outside of the core data center um, for cloud managed services. And, and you know, I, I've been investing in it for quite some time and think it's it's obviously um, not not a fad. The, 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 the network is being extended to the cloud. The difference between the networks running in the cloud or on-premises is dissolving to the point where it's it's not that different anymore where the controller is. In fact, maybe one day people would say, why would you have a local controller in a data center to configure the networks on the cloud? You know, it, it will, one day it will shift, I think. Back to the actual decision and implementation in, in that process, was this one of the cases where the, the existing WAN topology wasn't meeting the requirements to the point where the business was demanding something different? Or was this a strategy sort of led by IT in terms, there's a better way to do this, let's make a proposal to the business? How did, how did the uh, momentum start for making such a, a big change? And as I'm associated with the retail industry, there are different um, sort of uh, retail business. One is there, there's a lot of cash and carry and a lot of uh, transactions versus the size of the transaction in terms of the um, the packets. And then there are a, um, a certain sort of business where bandwidth is an important concern um, uh, and also a number of transactions are. So uh, I think we are in a space where um, bandwidth is a concern for us because the way we do the business is uh, we, uh, we are heavily dependent on um, the bandwidth availability at, at a site and also the reliability. So um, we were seeing uh, we were seeing trends on the old technology as we were on the uh, traditional MPLS network uh, that you know it is it is reliable, right? Um, uh, but it is definitely not solving the need of uh, the capacity, right? And, and also. Um, if you want to upgrade, you got to invest a lot of money, right? Um, and, and multiply that to all of the sites that you have um, to to get that bandwidth. So we were looking, uh, we were always looking for new technologies that are available in the market, and uh, we were the one of the earlier adapters um, uh, to uh, to to the SD WAN. Got it. So yeah, and I I as an early adopter, did you? Did you know what you were looking for? In other words, did you know how to evaluate the market and know what what to what requirements were critical to the business? Um, and th- this is just something from personal experience. I always note that you know, um, oftentimes, oftentimes as a vendor, we might get like a RFP, and the RFP represents what the prospects thinks their requirements are, and in many cases, how they think they want to solve it, sometimes it leaves out the ability to compete around that because their requirements might be predefined. And, and I think when things are new, like what's happened with SD-WAN over the last several years, you see this acceleration in what the different vendors are bringing to market. And so I'm just curious how you thought of the process to evaluate what you needed. I, I think at that point, um, you are right. Uh, especially right now, there are a lot of documents that are available on how to evaluate your SD-WAN, how to go step by step, um, I mean, do's and don'ts. But at that time, it was fairly new, right? Um, there were only 
three or four players in the market. Um, so um, we didn't had a like a handbook to go by, but we definitely knew um, um, what uh, what we want, right? So we can we can test the outcomes of the technology, right? We uh, we don't have a grasp of uh, how it's working, but we know what are what we want in terms of the output, like um, and we prepared a list of um, uh, you know uh, nice to have features and must have features. As I said in the uh, in my earlier answer, that you need to have uh, provide good uh, performance on the same connection, right? Um, as you say that in a traditional network, if you let's say if you if you have a 10 megabit circuit, and if you compare the performance, you may get um, you know 50% out of it, depending on where your hub and spoke is. So you kind of you lose that performance um, in by the sheer physical distance between your hub and spoke. So when we test SD-WAN at the same location, so you know that um, you, if you're not getting 100%, at least you get the 90% because you are avoid backhauling. So based on that, we um, kind of prepare a list of our must-have features like performance and then some nice to have uh, things like, okay, um, can, it, can it provide me some data of, when the link goes down, uh, how um, uh, I mean, how intelligently it can switch to the other link, uh, how much time does it take? So, uh, based on our problems, right, that we were facing in the, in the in the previous architecture, we prepared a list of must have that what right. are our possible solutions and where this technology stand, um, and and we kind of evaluated on that, right, and. Um, and at the same time, um, I think we worked with the partner because there were a lot of partners available in the market. They were looking for some customers like us. Hey, what do you need so that they can make a change and make their product better? So I think it was a good partnership at that point, right. and both of us got the benefit. Yeah, right. No, and and that right. I, I think I think you're 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 uh, dead on. I mean, that's a positive about adopting early is you can help influence where where a vendor's going with something based on based on your feedback specifically um how did how did you think about you know one of the other things um i i discuss a lot is just you know your um some things work really well in the lab that doesn't mean you tie this to your whole fleet of retail stores and it works at scale and so how do you think in terms of like a proof of concept how do you determine if something is going to work in the lab and now it's going to work at scale? Or like I like to say, when you use it in anger, is it really going to meet your requirements? All right. So I, I think in this case, um, what I will say is a lot of time, um, a technology partner doesn't involve the business or other support functions. Um, I think with some assumptions that, hey, they don't understand the technology. Um, so I think that's where we should learn to uh, involve our partners in the at least in the final evaluation. So I think in the beginning stage, um, uh, we we did a POC in a very controlled environment, uh, and as I said, prepared a list of uh, must have, nice to have, evaluated that, evaluated and recorded some time, uh, requested the partner to make the change, uh, but. Slowly, once we are getting um, to a place where we want to put it uh, in a production site, 
we involved um, uh, our partners. Like, uh, let's say I'm from an engineering team, we involve our support center team, and someone from, uh, you know, the store operations. That here, you know, what's your feedback in it? What what are the problems you have seen, right? Um, uh, and uh, here I have a lab environment. Um, uh, what is the point? Let's say I am missing. So I mean, they will provide a completely different view of the situation uh, that you are you are just not thinking, right? Uh, so I think it's important to involve your partners, your business in that. Get get their opinion before you kind of sign up on a POC. Yeah, no, for sure. So part of the, and, and you know, we, you just talked about the different teams that are stakeholders and, you know, whether that's um, operations, whether it's operations on the corporate side or the retail side, um, obviously another stakeholder is is the security team. And, and one thing for sure, when we switch WAN architectures and start, you know, um, breaking out directly to the internet for more and more sites, ye, things aren't backhauling to the data center. And that means they're probably not going through the data center's security architecture. And so you've you've sort of, you gotta figure out what to do with that. So I would imagine the security team was quite a stakeholder in the process. And I'm curious how you thought about securing the traffic um, without, without this backhaul. Like what was, what were what were uh, what were your approaches, or or how did you sort of evaluate what what the requirements were? Yeah, sure. So uh, you're absolutely right, right? So that's one of the I will say um, uh, a, a loophole, right? In in disintegrating is that uh, uh, that right now you're relying on your partner or, or your security team to sec- uh, to give you some points on uh, what changes you got to make in order to adapt to SD WAN. So at at that time, I think even the vendors uh, were kind of coming up or they were struggling with uh, how to um, bring in the security in their device. So at that time, we suggested uh, our vendors to include some sort of ACLs, right, which eventually turned out to be a zone-based firewall in in a lot of the devices, right? Um, So... uh, we uh, obviously our retail locations are are need to have um, secure zone. They need to have a secure zone to do their transaction in the business. So it was a must to have a feature in the um, in the technology before we even go live with it. So uh, we adapted like a, a zone based restriction in the device itself, wherein a one secure zone cannot talk to the other secure zone, um, and also some sort of uh, whitelisting with our um, CDN partner so that only um, trusted, uh, you know, trusted IPs are allowed to communicate. And also you can, you can run some scans, uh, you can involve a third party to, do, to scan the device um, to ensure there are no vulnerabilities. So all sort of these measures were adopted. And, um, and I think right now, uh, the whole SD-WAN um, technology are moving in the right direction and right now security on the cloud is available. So um, a lot of consumers are adopting to that wherein your, your whole security stack is, is, is not in your premises whereas it is just disintegrated 
Yeah, no, this, you know, Gartner calls it this idea of a, a SASE, right? The secure access service edge where, where it, which is basically, yeah, the SD-WAN vendors and the cloud security network security vendors, you know, each growing into the other space and, and, and combining these functions. Um, I always wonder if that's a good thing I, I, on paper, for sure. Like you just said, you know, I, I want to, I want to provide uh, faster, cheaper, more reliable direct internet access because I depend on the internet and I want that to be secure. And now I can go to one vendor and get all of that. Um, but you're also, there's a lot of eggs going to that one vendor's basket, you know? So there's, there's a, you might be disintegrated, but you're buying a highly integrated stack from a single vendor. And, and I don't know, is that something that, enters your mind when you're going through these decision-making processes, like, you know, having some, um, sometimes more than one vendor good, because one, they're competing for each other's space, but two, you're, you're it, you know, it's best of breed versus one-stop shopping. Yeah, definitely. It comes to our mind when we sort of choose the partner. I think the beauty of the cloud is you can have, uh, you can have two technologies, right? There is, there is no sort of big commitment that you have to make, like, um, three years, four years, uh, when when you have bought something on-premises, uh, you are making a commitment for three, three, four years, not for the cloud, right? You can have two different vendors. Uh, uh, with one, you can have 30% of the traffic. The other one maybe doing 70% based on the confidence that you have. And uh, with SD-WAN, you can, you can maneuver it, right? Um, what What is coming up uh, uh, slowly is the API integration where um, where I'm not dependent on a vendor uh, for the technology that I want to choose, right? The same vendor have API integrations with different vendors. Um, so uh, I can choose one vendor if I'm not happy with it. In the same um, uh, contract timeline, time I can choose the other vendor. So I think there is a lot of flexibility, uh, definitely uh, with the uh, SD-WAN and um, uh, right and cloud architecture is coming up exactly i guess that's exactly my point because if i mean one of the beauties of an sd wan topology is you've you've um you've given yourself a platform where you can make rapid changes across a complicated wan and steer traffic to you know provider a provider b whatever the case might be and so a large integrated solution where all of that comes together maybe you lose some of the beauty of this you know, at the core, the software-defined WAN, you know, because you're now tying it to these other things, so you you maybe have less less capability to um to switch between different things, and and I think that's that's a critical to keep. Um, it maybe it's just the way I think, because I I just I uh, I love the the part of the SD WAN router that that really speaks to me is, you know, I now have something where I can. I'm not locked in. I might be locked into a specific vendor's router. Fine, but I'm I'm given myself the ability to make um, the other dependency changes much faster, which is a good thing. Um, and so I just I just I'm curious to see how that whole idea of this sassy cloud is going to play out, because I I think it might be too too big. So I'm curious. Um, was there was there a benefit that you got from 
deploying that you weren't expecting? Like, were, were there were there some great surprises in the success of this project that that weren't necessarily part of the plan, or did you you sort of get what you paid for? Um, I think um, I will say ease of management is definitely a surprise, right? Uh, we were um, uh, we were not thinking about it that it will help us that much, right? Uh, I mean, because as we were the earlier adapters, we were kind of more doing it to improve the performance um of the galleries and uh, we were not looking at how easy it will be to manage it uh, that definitely came a big surprise uh, when we were looking at it um, we were more concerned about the technology and the performance aspect of it but when when we put that into the network uh, i think we don't invest a lot of time uh, in making uh, uh, changes in the configuration daily, right? Uh, I mean, it has streamlined it so much that, you know, once uh, once a change comes in, let's say a new application we have to adapt and you have to test it, uh, which is not related to SD-WAN, but a, a, a change in the business. That's great. What was there, that, then I guess I'll ask the other question, was there, was there something that you didn't plan for? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, even when when you will adapt to it, or or let's say an organization which uh, who has a big investment uh, on the traditional uh, network, and now you're adapting SD-WAN, uh, you're not gonna do it in one shot, right? That all of your network is right now on SD-WAN. You're gonna do it slowly, and uh, somewhere your traditional network and the SD-WAN got to meet together, right? Uh, they need to exchange the routes, they need to exchange the configuration so that one network uh, is going to talk to the other. So uh, I think that's where a lot of folks will have a challenge. Uh, where do they meet? What sort of um, configuration changes they need to make? And uh, and let's say if one of the side goes down in a traditional network, can it talk to the SD-WAN sides or it cannot? So there are some unknowns in that area unless you move completely on the SD-WAN. So I think that's where um, the partnership uh, will come in handy and the experience from your SD-WAN partner uh, will ease out the process. Yeah, it's, it's funny that uh, you bring up bring up that example because I was I was talking to one of our customers recently and that was exactly the example she brought up in terms of an area that uh, that they 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 sort of failed to think about and plan for and it's just you know moving away from um, well not moving away from because I think a lot of this is 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 coming back as these these platforms uh, mature but uh, exchanging routes um, wasn't a problem anymore and now all of a sudden it it became a problem again so this went live a couple of years ago i imagine you're in the midst of a bunch of other projects so what, what's what are you what's exciting to you now or what what you know what's um the project du jour what are you out there disrupting so i think as i said we uh, we are in process of adapting to uh, the firewall on the cloud um uh, changing the way we connect internally. So uh, when I say internally is, um, I think software-defined WAN was one thing. Now uh, thing is becoming popular is the software-defined access. We are uh, evaluating that internally. Uh, so uh, kind of 
making um, everyday everyone's life more efficient so that um, network is not a concern to anyone uh, and making possible for everyone to do uh, their business uh, efficiently right great yeah you know it, it's interesting because this whole obviously notion of of sdn in general has been around for quite some time and i don't know where there's been more of a impact in in sdn approaches than sd wan and and of course with with you know it, it's coming it, you know we're, we're trying to drive it inside the, the core network as well and not just not just the the wan boundaries I always think that the reason it was more adoptable to to WAN was, um, you know, you're not. You, we we always have this 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 greenfield brownfield problem internally, where, um, okay, that seems great if I didn't already have an internal network. I think it's easier. There's less dependencies to switch out a WAN topology than there is to switch out you know all of my switches internally or i'm going to segment networks differently or i'm going to you know there's there's um there's more more things in flow and and more of the existing infrastructure impacts what i want to change to you know we 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 do these large migrations with our customers and you you get to areas inside of a network where nobody really quite knows why things were configured that way because it was configured that way for so many years. And so it becomes more complicated to change. And I don't know if that's something you're experiencing. There was a lot of lessons learned there. And, you know, I think a lot of, of your peers, well, I know a lot of your peers are going through similar decision-making processes, trying to figure out, um, you know, what, what are the core set of must-haves and, and how should we evaluate vendors and, you know, how, how do we move forward with, with something that's to meet our business needs. So thank you very much for spending the time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. And I'm all ears if you have a guest recommendation. You can tweet at Network Disrupted, leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or email me at andrew at networkdisrupted.com. Disrupted.com.